Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. As I always tell Arch, he's like, well, I'm out of things to watch. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's literally impossible. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was Jen Cheney, who is keeping me on my toes as usual, <laughs> or stepping on them in the process, but that's okay. Hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is looming (laughs) over the program, directing and producing at Katz Podcast Headquarters. Promising to step on no one's toes, ingrown Uh, or otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Do you go by Lewis ever? Never. My father used to call me that years ago, but no. Ah, Lou, oh, only when you were in trouble. Only when I was in trouble. Well, yes. Okay, all right, Lou. <laughs> well, you're not in trouble here. Good. Uh, my guests today include our dear friend Oliver Jones, critic at Observer.com, professor of film at Emerson College and University, DC native made good, now living in LA. Hello, Oliver. Oliver. You forgot to mention, uh, Arch, a proud recipient of a spicy chicken sandwich from Clyde's that you paid for this past week. Uh, Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. It was great to see you in person. Oliver uh, came 2,500 miles for the that uh, chicken sandwich and so that we could uh, have a wonderful visit and I sure enjoyed it Oliver and I hope you enjoyed being back in your hometown and uh, speaking of uh, not quite hometowns but speaking anyway here on the east coast let's welcome the guy who puts a whole new spin on the art of movie binging (laughs) the former sports and network news producer and full-time movie buff, it's Cinema Lou Charlotte. Ooh. Hi, Ooh. guys. Hey, where, where was where was my invitation to lunch? <laughs> you guys are killing me. You you were at the movies. I, I had a break in between two you, movies I saw. You were catching an afternoon look at uh, the latest Exorcist reboot. I did see it, but I would give I would give that up for a spicy chicken. <laughs> I hear it. I hear, you know, when I heard they were going to make a sequel to The Exorcist, I just thought, oh, God, you know, what are you doing that for? They never work. You know what? I liked it. Oh, you did? I did. There's a a surprise in there, too. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, really? uh, Yes. I love going over. If you want me to tell you, I'll tell you. Tell everyone to cover their ears. No, if if you do, uh, demon spew will spill out of your eyeballs (laughs) and your ears, Lou. Okay, I expect you to go see it now. And by the way, nobody calls me Lewis either, except my (laughs) grandmother used to. And uh, this show, of course, comes from Washington, D.C., where we have the Exorcist Steps which give me the willies just driving by them on M Street. And you know, the people that moved into that house uh, built a giant wall in front of it (laughs) because of the number of people for like 50 years now who've been coming up and knocking on the door. Uh, There there used to be an exorcist tour of Washington, I thought. Mm. I bet there still is. Mm. I'm sure there is. Now it's it's called the exorcist two tour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two stands for thud. So before we get into who likes what, let's talk about something that's really on my mind, and it is the Taylor Swift movie, which uh, she uh, 
is breaking all records. And uh, she did a deal with AMC and worked around the studios. And I understand Beyonce is doing the same thing. And what do we think of Taylor Swift and the fact that uh, the movies this year are Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Taylor Swift doing what she does? Welcome to the Eras Tour. People would come up to me and they'd be like, you're going to just like do a show with like all the albums in it? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be called the Eras Tour. It's pretty interesting. Last night, Arch, uh, I went uh, out with my uh, daughter to get an uh, uh, ankle brace because her ankle was hurting. And we were at the supermarket, saw the newest People magazine with uh, Taylor Swift on the cover. And, and she was just like, you know, I think she went too far. She is a, she is a dedicated Swift. If we walk into a room right now, the, the, her walls would be covered. She went to the concert. Yeah. She, I don't think anyone loves her more, but she felt... You know, a hundred million in ticket sales before it even opens. Like she yeah. already had this big concert. She's asking for too much. She's asking. <laughs> for too much. She's. Uh, she's. It, it feels like she is instead of sharing something with her fans, at least to this one fan, it oh. feels like she's kind of exploiting something. She's going maybe one step too far. And I was really surprised to hear that from someone because this is someone who is as yeah. dedicated. Swift lover as you could find. Um, She's the okay. demographic. I, I have to disagree with that. I'll tell you why. My daughter could not get tickets to the Taylor Swift concert. She was not ah. happy about that. And she, as soon as they announced tickets were on sale for the con for the movie, she went to try to buy them, and it was sold out for the first weekend in North Carolina, where she lives. So I, I, I kind of disagree with that because not everybody could either yeah. a afford to go see her or get tickets to go see her. And this is an opportunity yeah. to do that. And nobody's nobody's twisting anyone's arm. You buy it if you want to go see it. What are but the studios just, saying about uh, the workaround? You know well, they I, must be just just pissed off. Well, I mean, I think that that we had a, obviously a period of of lowballing from the studio here and and intense risk aversion. You know, from from and, and to the point that you have to you know kind of blink twice before Taylor Swift. Come on, if there is there a sure bet in American culture than Taylor Swift? But I feel like um, you know we're seeing this across the board uh, uh, on on so many things. You want to see a, um, a documentary right now out on streaming. You better hope that you're interested in seeing a, a biopic or something about murder, you know, something about a famous person or something about murder. You will not see issue-driven uh, films right now, uh, documentaries. You know, the, uh, the, the flip side of Taylor Swift is a documentary that was a big, huge hit out of Sundance called Plan C about uh, the the lack of availability of uh, abortion pills um, mm. in um, and uh, d during a time right when the when the Supreme Court is deciding and this film could not get any distribution at all not a single place picked it up after being a, after after getting big notices out of Sundance and they had to go to Kickstarter to piece together a small you know theater to theater distribution tour. And uh, frankly, I, I I wish that you know Taylor could use some of her weight, you know, to maybe pick up some smaller boats, you know, uh, that that might also you know need some some help, right? A, a, a movie like that one, which uh, you'll can find in select theaters mainly on the West Coast, but it didn't make it down to Washington D.C. at least not yet. Lou, can you can you build on that uh, that uh, ocean <laughs> that that lake metaphor? Well. You know, although, you know, Taylor Swift is political in her concert. She she really I mean, political is, is I guess, is a, maybe a strong word, but but she's really pushing young people to go vote, 
things like that. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe and maybe this is something she has down the road. This is this is new to this. This distribution deal is new. So maybe she follows it up with with something like that. Let's hope so. Yeah, that would be great. But but it is a it it it, it is a real sign of the times, right? That the 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 uh, streamers do not want to be seen as having any kind of point of view on anything. Uh, and uh, and to pick up a, a celebrated a documentary like that that's on an that's on an issue that's not as dis- divisive as we as we sometimes call it um uh, is, I think a real sign of the times and and also a sign of like what we're not getting to see, right? A sign of of of, you know, if if, if you loved real life murder, you know, you're in you're in hog heaven right now. But if you like a real life conversation about important things, uh, you're kind of hungry. You are bringing up something that is still on my mind. And it is, you know, the strike has ended. uh, And, you know, we had this long period where the pipeline shut down. And I'm hearing, and Oliver, maybe you're hearing this in L.A., that in the post-strike world, as people get back to work, there will be less content, less things on the bubble, even more safe uh, choices. Uh, what do we think? I, I think it's always a, a possibility. I don't think we know the direction that that things are going to go. I mean, um, putting your your money on people being less risk adverse and less expansive is always a safe bet, right? <laughs> Especially uh, following a moment where um, uh, labor has successfully flexed its muscles. You know, and uh, and sort of successfully won the day, uh, and 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 again, you know, in the chattering class, there's always like, oh well, you know, the corporate side didn't come out on top. We're gonna have a, you know, we're gonna have a hard time now. Uh, so I think there's always a bit of doomsaying uh, after um, after labor does anything successfully. Um, but I think we'll see, you know, I mean, this, this last week, Arch, we've, we've seen two films by, um, great acclaimed directors, uh, Wes Anderson and Pedro Almodovar that are short films that are about a half an hour long. Right. And, um, one of them is in theaters. One of them is on Netflix. Um, and that's exciting, right? I mean, that's not something we normally get to see. And I think that's the kind of thing that we can sort of like celebrate, right? That it doesn't really fit a traditional theater model necessarily, but we can sort of find it in our kind of hybrid space that we exist in now and and find ways to enjoy that kind of difference. So so maybe you're right, or maybe it's a sign that we're going to get something new or a little bit different, like auteur directors making short films. Well, two, two things about that. Number one, that that half hour film by Pedro Almodovar, um, it's you have to pay full price to see a half hour film. I think that's a little um, extreme. But okay, forgetting about that, I think this cutting back has started well before the strike. I mean, you see more documentaries, which are cheaper. Um, shows and movies uh, have been, you know, are being canceled at a, at a, a pretty a big rate, I thought. And um, and casts have been contracted. So this all happened before, um, you know, the the, the strike. So I, I think it's an ongoing thing. I think I think studios are looking and and you know are looking to save money. And well, know, I and guess... I noticed the streamers are, are uh, juicing their prices up. Yeah, uh, and 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 preventing uh, multiple people from using the same account. Oh yeah, yeah, and and all kinds of <laughs> I, stuff like that. I got kicked out of a family. <laughs> so upset. I feel like an orphan now. That's the, that's the way you hear the news. I don't love you anymore, Arch. Uh, 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 um, so, so Lou, to answer, let, let, to answer uh, Lou's question really quickly, a friend 
of mine who saw the Almodovar in Seattle um, this weekend, they also played another short uh, at the same time that that came out a couple of years ago that started Tilda Swinton. That uh, but A and B, uh, it was about three or four dollars less. Uh, it was oh, a discounted okay. admission. Okay. Uh, now I don't know if either of those things is going to be standard for how they do that, but that's how they did it in Seattle this weekend. Yeah, I didn't see here. I think it was the same price, but two yeah. shorts uh, equal a full. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so Lou, what are you watching these days? What are uh, you the like? I'm spending a lot of time watching the morning show. I'm really enjoying it. Oh God! I gotta yeah. tell you, Arch. Oh God! I must. God, I must tell you. I, oh. You know, shows about television, and you know, we've worked yeah. in the business. If a show, if a show kind of doesn't portray TV the way that I know it or you oh, know it, yeah, um, I I can't watch it. But I'm really I'm really enjoying it. I think the cast is great, and I think the storyline is good. I'm all over this network. I need to have a say in the future of this place. What you are asking is unprecedented. I am unprecedented. The first two seasons, I you know, I kind of like the first season. And then you had the Steve Carell character who gets kicked off, uh, like the guy on the Today Show, Matt Lauer, uh, for, uh, uh, you know, uh, bad behavior. And uh, I got through that. And then the second season, I, I, I just, I, it just gave me a headache. And I, I, every night I'm sitting around now, I'm looking for something to watch. And I'll see the morning show come up and it's just... No, it's kryptonite. I can't watch it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I really? Must say. What What are they doing? What's going on behind the uh, scenes? It seems like there are ten storylines in every in <laughs> every episode. Oh, God, like it's, it's a headache oh, show, but I'm enjoying the, it. It's the Today Show, and they hate each other, and the management is changing, and they're selling the network, and oh my God, and sound and familiar? Oh, Arch? The big story is <laughs> sound, right? sound familiar. Our, I mean, is, is, part, is part of this Lou that you that you miss the the like. <laughs> It makes me so glad to be out. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody I know who's out is glad they're out. I, I may give the morning show uh, another look. I may do that. So so thank you. I got to tell you, Lou, because of you, I watched uh, How To with John Wilson on HBO, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and I loved it. It's and great, isn't it? Everybody... Oliver, have you seen How To with John Wilson? No, uh -uh. It's it's the kind of uh, what, what is it like? There's three seasons of it. Yeah, three seasons. Six, seven uh, episodes a season, and and it's like forty minutes, thirty minutes, and it's it reminds me of the really kind of creative feature reporting that used to be a part of television news that yeah. that I worked in, frankly. And I have, I, I just, the guy starts one place and goes another place and uh, it's very funny and unexpected. And I have you to thank for it, Lou. I think, yeah, I think it's great. And it's, it's just him and his, his video camera. Usually the host of a TV show is uh, right in front of the camera and you can see exactly where the uh, voice is coming from, which I guess people like. But in my show, you never really see the host. And that's because I'm actually behind the camera the whole time. 
uh, filming everything you see. And it's it's hilarious. Which is I, the I'm, new update. It's the, and, and it was know. and it was canceled, which really really upset me. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's really cost here, but I'm really cost nothing. To say that uh, uh, Arch, because uh, you know that is a hole in our collective hearts. You know, not having that uh, that real news, that real uh, local news that, that that used to exist that matters to each one of us. You know, uh, either in terms of our our career, or identities, or our histories. And uh, like uh, all of these things that we have option to, there's nothing like that, you know, uh, that, no. that, that played a really specific role in our lives uh, when, when it was high quality, you know, and when it was done well, when it was when when the owners cared about it, right, and weren't just trying to squeeze dollars out of it. Um, Henry Tannenbaum in Washington and uh, yeah. and Arch Campbell and yeah. uh, John. And Steve Ducey. Steve oh, Ducey. Oh, yeah, sure. Steve On uh, Ducey. Channel 4. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. What was Steve? Steve did Wheel of Meat. Remember that? <laughs> Hi, Steve. I'll take pork for a hundred. <laughs> did a bit called Wheel of People don't understand that Steve Ducey was a very funny reporter. He was oh, very yeah. He was a comedy guy. Yeah. yeah. Steve Ducey's World, weeknights at 5 on Channel 4 News. We're the team. There's a guy, a dear friend of mine who's in L.A., John Corcoran. And John uh, did a bit where he had a drummer follow him. And every time he made a funny statement, the drummer would give him a rim shot. <laughs> And I think it ended, he walked into the studio with a full orchestra behind him. And <laughs> and that's what John Wilson and How To reminds me of. So Yeah, so that's I great. Must... I'm definitely going to check it out. Thank you for the recommendation, both of you. What are you watching? What do you like? I'm, I am going to give a quick shout out to that, um, to that Wes Anderson short that just showed up on Netflix, The Wonderful Story of... Henry Sugar. I know that um, there's a lot of sort of bitter feelings about Wes Anderson these days. And and in some respects, uh, this short film sort of confirms a lot of those feelings. There's a kind of um, a sort of cutesy colonialism kind of surrounding it. And it's very, um, you know, um, the, the process is very much a part of the story. But it, there is something, I think, very, very touching about the love of storytelling that was evident in the way that the, that the story came about and the way that the, that the, actors, um, the actors played it. Uh, and uh, and it, to me, it felt like, um, again, something I couldn't get in the theater and I couldn't get on television. It felt sort of like the perfect thing for streaming. It was, and, I, and I wish there were, more, there were more things like it, uh, frankly. And, and what's, uh, what is it on? Did you say Netflix? It's, it's on Netflix. It's called The Wonderful Story of uh, Henry Sugar, and it's an adaptation of a, a Roald Dahl story. Henry Sugar was 41 years old, unmarried and rich. Strange. And he was now almost certainly capable of making money faster than any other person in the entire world. It's a three-person um, film uh, with, uh, basically, with um, Dev Patel, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Ben Kingsley. Very, very English. I'm a fan of Wes Anderson. I was just disappointed in uh, Asterod City. I think uh, I think this one might put the train back on the tracks for you. I'd yeah. like to say, and, and, and if not, it's only a half an hour long, so you haven't put too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. What's next? What are we liking? What are we looking forward to at the movies? I'm hearing so much about Killers of the Flower Moon, and I haven't seen it yet because it's three hours plus. Have you yeah, had an Scorsese? It's Scorsese. His his movies of the Irishman was three hours. It was fabulous, and it it, it moves so quickly. Oh, Sage. 
They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> I am so excited to see this movie. I uh, as well. I, I wish it were longer. Uh, I mean, this you're, you're, <laughs> talking about, you're talking about Martin Scorsese, but you're also talking right about Thelma Schoonmacher, her longtime uh -huh, editor, uh -huh. who does yeah. not waste a moment. I mean, these are uh -huh, these uh -huh. are people who are dedicated storytellers in a cinematic sense, you know. And um, I I am seeing it next week. I am just holding my breath. I am so excited about it. And and you know, there's also right a, a realization with this one. I think this is really the first time that we realize that we're getting near the end, right? We're not going to maybe get more than one more Scorsese film. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe two if 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 the gods bless us. He certainly knows and feels that that this is towards the end. And you know, that's a that's a sort of melancholy and kind of heart stopping moment. But it's also very exciting, you know, because we have to remember, right? This is this is a western, you know, from a guy that grew up watching, you know, John Ford movies and and has just is bursting from the sea from the time he was a little kid about ideas of how to tell stories like this yeah yeah and so i'm i'm extremely excited about it and i would sit through a six hour killers of the flower moon yeah I, i'm so excited about it i'm reading the book before oh before great I see the movie and and wow. it, it will stream uh the way the irishman did uh and and then you can have the uh opportunity to see it in a the theater or to uh stream it so i'm hearing uh killers of the flower moon uh, listed in the same sentence with uh, Oppenheimer mm. and Barbie. Those seem to be the movies this year. I'm, well, you know, I'm hoping that it's, I'm hoping that it's listed in the same sentence as The Searchers and like the all-time great movies of American mm -hmm. cinema. I'm putting it above the, uh, the, the fray of this year's movies, and I'm hoping that it's, uh, that it's up there. Of course, those are high expectations, but uh, part of the fun of seeing a Martin Scorsese movie is that he allows you to have them. You know, I, I made a list. We've talked about how, how you know, there's a, because of the strike, there aren't a lot of movies coming out. I counted 15 movies that have a lot of buzz and, and I think a, lo a lot of potential between now and the end of the year. And those oh, are just yeah. the big movies, you know, yeah. things like Priscilla, The Holdovers, Hunger Games, Napoleon, Four Things, Wonka, Ferrari, Color Purple, Boys in the Boat, and Dick's the Musical, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if I could expand on that, Lou, you yeah. know, in just this, in just this week, uh, we have um, three different movies by three women directors, uh, all of which look really, really good. And um, uh, Anatomy of a of a Fall, which is a film that came that uh, won the the Condor uh, at uh, the Cannes Film Festival, the Condor at the Cannes Film Festival, directed by Justine Triet about um, a German family that lives in the French Alps. Oh, uh, boy yeah. Boy comes home and the, and the husband is fallen on the ground uh, and, and dead. And it's a question as to did the wife kill him or did he fall off the roof? Um, uh, true and, crime. Uh, we love person. true crime. <laughs> Can't well, get I don't enough. Know if it's, it's not true. It's fiction, but it's a procedure. Uh, oh, oh, that it feels and, true. Exactly. That's like the staircase. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, similar similar concept. And then uh -huh. there's a film coming out on Amazon this this week that I don't know um, a lot of us might miss, but it pairs um uh, the the cinema you know pair that you thought you never thought you wanted, but you really do. Um, Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. In a film called uh, The Burial. All y'all that don't know who I am, my name is Willie Gary. Willie Gary. Willie Gary. William Gary. 
Never heard of it. He's suing us? He's suing us? We are a half a billion dollar corporation. So how much money y'all trying to get? Eight million. That ain't enough money. $100 million. I am hearing great things about Yeah, that. I've seen it, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, those are two actors that, you know, have very seldom let you down in a movie, right? That, they're, they're, those are two really good actors from, obviously, very different schools of acting. Um, but uh, but they're both uh, kind of uh, at their best and being used to their very best. That That's directed by um, a woman named um, Maggie Betts, um, who had, uh, a few years ago, uh, directed a film called... Um, Novitiate, um, and uh, and I'm and it's very good, and I highly recommend it. And lastly, it just came out on Netflix this past weekend. I don't know if you've seen it le yet, Lou. Um, a Fair Play. No, not yet. Yeah, and and that's getting wonderful buzz. And that's just three films coming out this this week. You know, directed by women, all of which are you know different and 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 uh, and exciting and new. I mean, all uh, and I I, it's a, I think it's a very exciting time for movies right now. What's yeah, the deal on Flora? Fair Play? What's the yeah. what's Fair Play? What is what's the deal? Fair Play is kind of like um a, a sexually charged Wall Street. The woman who wrote it and directed it uh, had been worked on a billions uh it's her first mm, film mm, uh it came out of sundance it got a huge pickup uh by netflix it made a big financial splash but wow. um seen it yet everyone who i've talked to who've seen it have loved it and i plan on watching it um this week i'm really excited about it okay. but Luke, uh, you read my mind because i'm very high on flora and son yeah on apple tv a musical uh starring uh, a young actress who i believeve is the daughter of bono yeah, eve Euston. she finds a discarded guitar fixes it up to give to her 14 year old son he doesn't want it she takes it starts taking online lessons from uh, joseph gordon levitt in la and they have kind of an emotional uh affair over the uh over the air over the waves and it's just a, it's it reminds me of coda yeah mm -hmm. uh, i i uh, i think that's great it's a, such a great idea what 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 moved you about it arch what what did you like so much uh, there's a scene where she watches a clip and I bet you you like this too, Lou, of uh, Joni, Mitchell Joni Mitchell singing yeah. Both Sides Now. Rows and flows of angel hair And ice cream castles in the air And they let the entire clip play they let the whole thing breathe and as she watches it we're watching it and then we see her and she's crying because the performance is so beautiful and it's just you never see anything like that in a film and if you remember a uh, coda one of the key scenes was that, uh, that song was that song yes yeah yes. I, I i think uh after you get past the age of 50 it's impossible to listen to that song and not weep like a little yeah. baby yeah. uh <laughs> and uh, it's, it's almost unfair to have it in a movie because you just know that it would be a puddle uh, well, by the end. But um, the the the, uh, the film uh, Florence Sun is directed by uh, John Carney, right? Yeah, Who directed yeah. um, uh, once. once, yeah, once, yes. Yes, so uh, it's lovely, and it's on Apple, and I think it is one of my favorite films this year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention again, if you haven't seen it, is Theater Camp on Max. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both of you? Yes, saw it. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. that. 
it's another thing that I would that that uh, you know you got Oppenheimer, you got Barbie, I've got past lives, I've got air, and I would put theater camp with that and Flora, Flora and Son so far as seven seven movies that uh, that are pretty good. And speaking yeah, and- of seven things that are pretty good, I think it's time to take a break for Lou Katz. <laughs> And the the home of Hound Radio. Which is about to scare everybody with our Halloween music special that we have. Listen to this. For Halloween, Hound Radio is channeling our inner wolf. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fetch ball. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. And you will be getting the sweetest treat of all. Your favorite hound Halloween hits all Halloween long. Happy Halloween! From the scariest station on the internet, Hound Radio. Lou, you got John Waters on your mind? I do. You know, every year he does a stand-up routine in the D.C. area. He does Baltimore. He does the Birchmere in Northern Virginia. And it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. One of the raunchiest things you'll ever see. And he's he's so funny and so good. And, you know, you look back at his career and and some of the stuff he did early on was so offensive and <laughs> and lowbrow. And he's become this mainstream guy. Uh-huh, he's got uh-huh. a star on, on Hal. In Hollywood, a star, what star of Hall of Fame, star of fame, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's he's got a star in the Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame. Uh-huh. He's um. There's a museum that's doing the John Waters exhibit. Oh um, no, it, it's the Academy Museum, right? It is. It is the castle. Really, that they the film, you know, is is dedicated the whole floor to John Waters, right? You know, the first time that he showed um, oh, no track show, uh, and his mother uh-huh. went to see, uh-huh. she said, "You're going to end up, uh, you know, a drug addict or in a mental institution. You're insane. <laughs> there is something wrong with you." And here he is, you know, on the Mount Olympus of of uh, of main stream Hollywood, right? And nothing has changed about him, right? He is the exact same guy that he always has been. The world came to him. He didn't change. He's had that same mustache, you know. Uh, his, his <laughs> He's got to be life. close to 80 years old. Right. And, and he gonna... just, what, what's so great about him is that he is handling mainstream, um, the mainstreaming of John Waters uh-huh, with uh-huh, as much a plum uh-huh. as he did being <laughs> hated by the mainstream. Uh, he, he can do either with um, with incredible grace and and humor. Uh, I Are... mean, he, he is definitely Baltimore's gift to the world. Uh, OK, also... I'm going deep into the nostalgic part of my brain, but I have a fond, fond memory of 1981 and the Washington premiere of Polyester at the Key Theater in Georgetown. And it was one of the first things we covered live on Channel 4. So I'm out there on Wisconsin Avenue in Washington. Here comes John Waters and his entire repertoire company, including Mink Stole, uh, Divine. Divine, and then Divine shows up, and they're all running up and down Wisconsin Avenue, and the crowd is going nuts. And polyester was um, presented in uh, was it Smellorama? Smell you got, you Smell got a scratch and sniff card. Yeah, and at various points in the movie, a number would flash on the screen. 
leading up to, I think it was a dog fart. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a dog fart. Maybe it was a human fart. (laughs) But people people were screaming and yelling, and it was just so wonderful. Hello, moviegoers. I am Dr. Arnold Quackenshaw, and I am here to explain to you the wondrous screen gimmick, Odorama. Odorama will enable you, the viewer, to actually smell right from your movie seat some of life's most fragrant odors. I was going to say he's 77 years old. And to what you were saying, Oliver, he was in a he was in an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was saying to my friend the other day, it's kind of a shame that they don't have Hollywood squares, so he couldn't be the middle square. Exactly. Uh, now yes. you know he would be perfect. Be but perfect Arch, I have a memory of I think I was in eleventh or twelfth grade, and uh-huh. uh, I wrote about you for my for my newspaper during <laughs> during the Arch Campbell show, and John Waters was the guest. Yes. He, would, he came uh, over to that show a lot. Yeah, he was a regular on that show. Uh, and um, and uh, I think he really loved that. He really enjoyed being on that show because it was kind of wacky and loose. <laughs> and um, and it was exactly <laughs> the right kind of platform for John Waters. And uh, and you kept us uh, high school kids there until past midnight shooting that <laughs> show. Uh, I had school the next day, you bad man. <laughs> He uh, he let us go into his apartment and gave us a tour. And at that time, he had the electric chair for the Jessup State Prison in wow. his living room. <laughs> Old Sparky. <laughs> God, he was the, the exhibit uh is called the Pope John Waters Pope of Trash. Uh <laughs> um and it's uh, it's uh, on exhibit uh here at the Academy Museum uh which is definitely worth uh, worth a visit. Um and they've been very, you know, uh, progressive in 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 where they've um uh, done focuses on 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 their big retrospectives. They did um Pedro Almodovar, and they've done um, Miyazaki, the great Japanese um, uh, animator, who also has a new film coming out, uh, perhaps his last film this year. Uh, so um, it's it's worth a trip for you hardcore uh, Baltimore and D.C. John Waters fans to come out here and see the the exhibit. How long has that Academy Museum been open? It's relatively a, new. A couple of years. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and, and uh, it's, a, it's a great place to see a movie, too. I saw um, Raging Bull there uh, introduced oh, Doom by oh. Scorsese and De Niro uh, oh, with uh, our friend Ben God. Mankiewicz hosting the Q&A. Oh, yeah. um, oh, and uh, boy, was that something else to see that wow. movie in that big of a theater. That was something I'll never forget. Hey, Lou, do you remember that Ben Mankiewicz uh, interned for George yes. Michael? Yes, hey, he was a sports with... machine intern. I do. Did I have you, stories about there? him. I was there. Yeah, I have to tell you stories about him someday. <laughs> Not, not, not for air. Oh, well, <laughs> now you bring it. that up. Now you bring it up. We're <laughs> running out of time. <laughs> I think let's just say what what starts in the sports machine stays uh, in the sports machine. Uh, well, we 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 share it among those who work the Channel Four and know right. the know the uh, inner workings. Yes. Let's just say he told me later that he was afraid to leave the sports office and to come and visit with me. He was afraid that uh, it would make George mad. <laughs> it, was even, it was even worse for people who worked outside of sports to come into the office. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, nobody was allowed in there unless you had a like a hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, winding down. Oh, what? <laughs> What what should we uh, recommend for the weekend? Um, I have uh, the thing I'm going to watch, and I'm not sure when it comes out, but I know it's any day now. Education and Chemistry with Brie Lawson. Uh, mm. The book was a book book was a big hit, and uh, Brie Lawson is great. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be on, I believe, Netflix, but it's one of the streaming services. Uh, I mentioned those are three films uh, by by women that are coming out this weekend, uh, and and any one of those is is a perfect way for you to spend your time the burial is easy to see on amazon yeah, yeah, uh, fair yeah. play is on netflix and streaming and then go to the movie theater and see a real chiller of a of a, a german flavored snowy film uh and go see anatomy of a fall that's my recommendation well i'm gonna go with you i'm gonna recommend burial that sounds uh delightful and it's on amazon prime i you know uh the post interviewed um Spike Lee this week or uh, recently, and Spike said, it doesn't matter if it's movies or streaming or anything. What matters is the content. And I think we're embracing that more and more. So thank you for being here. Oliver Jones in uh, LA, uh, Lou Charlotte, Cinema Lou in DC. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a scary special, including Count Gore Duvall. <laughs> this is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>